When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome to Food and Loathing, the podcast world's most in-depth look into the goings-on in the Las Vegas restaurant scene. At least I say so. (laughs) Brought to you by people who live, sleep, and breathe, and even eat it day in and day out, then gather together once a week to regurgitate all of the knowledge we've gained that week. Thank God it's not on video. And now we are the only regurgitating knowledge. I'm actually on a really good vomit-free streak. In my That's life. great. Oh, thanks That's for sharing that. I think awesome like news. since I quit drinking like eight years ago, I don't know if I've ever vomited since. And I mean, I didn't vomit a lot from drinking, but like sure. I just remember that as a kind of you know time. This, yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, probably vomited a lot from detoxing. And oh God! Days, well, you know, two days without, I was vomiting. But yeah, anyway, well, that's a great way to start a food Hello. podcast. Cause and effect, baby. Just to let you folks know that you're not in for the usual food podcast. We've got you there. Although we're going to be well behaved today because um, we, are. we are in um, Dom DeMarco's once again. They are always so kind to let us onto their patio when we need a place to record. We need a place this week they got us in here last minute very family friendly patio and the weather is beautiful and that means that we're surrounded by quite a few kids who should not be hearing my normal language so i am going to be i will do my myself. absolute best I do promise. my earmuffs thing yeah um and i am your host for the show al mancini one of your hosts for the show al mancini a 20 plus year veteran las vegas food writer the creator of the neon feast dining app and website where local chefs restaurant owners journalists critics and influencers share the places they send their friends and family in over 100 culinary categories that's right um i am joined this week and just about every week by the creator of the wishbone and vine dining blog and admin of the please send noodles cookbook inspired home cooking club and it basically means you read a cookbook and then you cook yeah. it at home and then you all get together <laughs> yeah. i'm actually gonna be mentioning them today yeah awesome and that is samantha gemini stevens who you can hear there <laughs> Co-host, occasional um, engineer, fill-in engineer, but um, mostly in the hosting position. And then returning to us this week after his negative COVID test. Free at last, baby. prodigal engineer, the man who handles all the technical aspects of the show. So Gemini and I can just be ourselves, be artists, be creative on this end. And talk to you about food. And that is Mr. Rich Johnson. Hello. Welcome back, Rich. Welcome I will back. twist your knobs with a vengeance. <laughs> mm, I can vouch for that. And then go straight to HR. That's right. And, 
And you know Rich is here because the food has already arrived That's at the right. table. You and said we were going to get some food. I and I, yeah, call your go, bluff. Rich, you can. Yeah, sure, Rich. We'll have food. Yeah, we're at Tom DeMarco's. Order. The guy, tell him what you ordered, Rich. Tell him what you ordered. Well, Jam and I went for the calamari, which I, I am uh, doing. And then I... You know, last time it was the garbage pizza, which was everything in the shop, mm-hmm. except pineapple. So I was hankering for pineapple, and I <laughs> saw they have a spicy pineapple thing, and it's big on the pineapple, and it's big on the spicy. Yes. They're doing spicy Hawaiian pizza. Yeah. So everybody who thinks that Hawaiian pizza is, you know, an abomination, <laughs> you can blame Rich for that. That We're going to have to hear about it, but I actually think this is a very good Hawaiian it pizza. It really is. It I is. don't have that big a problem I with like, Hawaiian pizza. It's not I, a favorite of mine, but... No? You yeah, can like always it. take the pineapple off and just enjoy Canadian bacon and basil. That's, right? that's a nice twist. I just I like the combo. It's sweet. It's spicy. It's it's savory. Um, yeah, I like the fresh yeah. herbs on top. The crust is really nice. So yeah, I think we're doing all right. It continues to burn. Yeah, it's got a lot <laughs> of heat later, on it, yeah. and the calamari has a lot of heat with them as well because there's a lot of peppers in there. A lot of the there, hidden so. peppers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, hidden, and you think you're getting into some squid, but no, it's all good. It's a great kick. I do like the um, I do like this pizza. Yeah, a lot. I would say, man, Rich, you speak like a parent when you go. Oh, you can always just pick off the parts that Daddy <laughs> likes and you don't like, and it'll yeah. all be the same. Because no. no, if I was offended by pineapple pizza, <laughs> I would not be picking off the pineapple and going, oh yeah, I don't taste it at all. Because they do a good job, and the, the flavor Absolutely. is spread throughout this pizza. So yeah. you're gonna taste it whether you pick it off or not. But that's good because it tastes there good. There you go. All um, right. Okay, so we're all we? yeah, we all obsessed now. I'm trying to break off another slice of pizza. <laughs> um, okay, so we're here at Tom DeMarco's, as we've told you. Albert Scaliet is not; he's been hopping back and forth. So if he comes over again, we'll have chat with him a little bit. We're talking about the food; it's all been really good. Um, but man, we gotta we I gotta keep this thing moving. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have a huge episode planned this week. I mean, we have so much frigging material pre-recorded. I don't even think we need to be here and talk. We could have just done well, this Well, we wouldn't have had the pizza. We wouldn't have had the pizza. That's true. And that's really what's important. Um, and it is all, you know, really amazing people that we have. I mean, yeah. now look, to oh, start, yeah. to, let, let me tell you what we got planned. After announcing the Las Vegas-based James Beard Award semifinalists on this show last week, Gemini was not content to just share <laughs> no, that No, no, no. No, no. That ain't how we roll no. at Food and Loathing. No. Jem and I spent much of this week running around interviewing as many of the chefs as possible who were nominated. Rich may have helped in that. I forget who whether you were on board on one of those, Rich, but thank you both for that. So we've got, what, four or five of those interviews I, coming I up? I have now talked to four of uh, the six chefs of the five places that were nominated, right. yes. Okay, so that's pretty cool. So that's all coming up in the center of our show. All those chefs reacting to their James Beard nominations. And that would just be enough. I mean, that but would be no. another person's show, one <laughs> yeah. would think. And and it would be a damn good show. And if but there's no. another podcast that even has that many chef interviews in a week, tell me about right? it. Because I don't know I want to hear but it. We'll, we'll go <laughs> We do them. not stop. Yet we've never been nominated for a James Beard Award. No, no. not us. That kind of pisses me off. <laughs> I mean, it pissed me off a lot. I f- filled out the application one year and everything. And yeah. Nope, nothing. Uh, anyway. We're just going to have to keep trying. Well, yeah, you beard people. Now, listen. So we got all those <laughs> interviews coming up. We also have an extended interview with Bizarre Meats new executive chef, Frank Medina. Uh, somewhat shorter interviews with celebrity restaurateur Joe Bastianich. Second generation celebrity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Joe Bastianich. As well as the Michelin star, Sean Hergat. 
of the newly renamed Aqua in Resorts World. We're going to be talking to him later in the show. And a few words with one of the most celebrated chefs in America, maybe ever, the one and only Thomas Keller. Oh, yeah, just him. Amazing. Yeah, right? (laughs) So, yeah, we have a hell of a show. Also, we shared a meal together this week, we so I'm yeah. very excited about discussing it and perhaps trying out something new by, by talking about it in terms of whether you think it should end up on the Neon Feast list. But we'll get to that shortly. Um, so, as everybody knows, our regularly um, th- we regularly start at the top of the show with reports on where we've been eating. I'm loaded up on caffeine. I'm ready to do my section really quick. I didn't even bring Rich's notes for him. That's what a dick yeah. I am. I'm trying to rush through these things so fast. I just left him noteless. So, um... That, that means just yeah. quicker, quicker, quicker. Yeah. I'm a noteless what, what wonder. Uh, what have you been eating, Rich? I was focused on the weekend with about two dozen guys who've been doing Super Bowl weekend in Vegas for That's more right. than boys three decades. Yeah. yeah, football boys weekend. Yeah. So, yeah, we moved it to championship weekend last year and this year because just it's a lot cheaper. And, and with the Super Bowl here this year, everything is way too oh, expensive. Yeah. Pricey our to our do $300 it. night uh, uh, at the Resorts World would be $900 yep. or something like that. So I don't know. Second year in a row, we walked across the street and went to El Dorado Cantina there at Sapphire. And once again, the original location is awesome. We had the back room. Instead of you know getting a couple of apps and chips and all that and then ordering and then just being totally full by the time the entree arrives, they just brought us stuff. Yeah. As it went. Starting with the chips, the guac, the two different salsas, the ceviche, enchiladas, burritos, endless margaritas, bright, fresh flavors all around, rich, deep sauces. Oh, and margaritas. Yeah. The same night you were there, I was actually at El Dorado's uh, getting takeout from their um, their location over on Sunset. Oh, yeah. And that was quite good, too. There you go. I had a nightmare of a time yeah. placing my order, but that was probably just because I was stoned. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. um, I found yeah. out that, that uh, Mexican food and margaritas don't always go together, at least in my lower gastrointestinal <laughs> uh, thing. So it was, a, ache, huh? it was an up and down night, shall we say, but did I was able see, to. Did you did you go next door to see any strippers? At we Sapphire thought about it, but uh, no. In fact, our favorite host, who used to be at uh, Crazy Horse and then went to uh, Peppermint Hippo, is now at Sapphire, but... We're all too old for that anymore, I think. Oh, no. no such thing. Ah, strip clubs do get a little... I mean, I mean, you know, I used to review strip clubs. I've written about I strip clubs. Strip my wife yes. and I used to go to strip clubs constantly. I do find, as an older guy, it gets creepier and creepier. Yeah. I mean, I don't have any daughters, <laughs> so, so it's not quite that right? creepy, but... Would you be my pretend friend for 20 minutes? <laughs> I mean, uh, actually, I kind of like that. It's yeah. easier than real friends. <laughs> no kidding. A lot less stress. So I, w- I was able to drag my ass out of bed by 9 a.m. Saturday for the newest tradition in this weekend pancakes last year it was the rw owned coffee shop that is now called juniors the legendary brooklyn breakfast spot Hell yeah and it's looking good in there it looks really big it was when you walk by. spot on especially yeah. the pancakes great coffee had a little bacon had a little eggs guess what and other people had more uh uh imaginative things and you know knowing this crowd it was steve heitner our mutual friend the actor uh, oh, from yeah. seinfeld and all that he, in a veggie omelet and all of a sudden what are you, some kind of fag? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's the sensitivity of this group, as it's been known. Hey, yes. so we've basically found out you hang out with a bunch of bigots. That's oh, yeah, That's absolutely. Good. To know. Thanks for sharing wow. that. One of the guys audience. actually okay. did go later that day to the Trump rally. To go we're, not, we're not even doing it. I'm no. not going to attack yeah, no, no, okay. an entire. We're not, that's All just right. not even good. Uh, breakfast was great. Uh, the thing about juniors, uh, I walked by there. They're open in di- at dinner time now, too. They're open until like 9, 10 o'clock. Wow. So they had a dinner yeah. thing as well. Saturday afternoon, uh, watching basketball at the Dog House there at Resorts World. Excellent. We had some couches reserved, dedicated screens. We watched our Oregon Ducks get pounded by Arizona. 
contemplated football bets. I'll pass on that. I won one. I lost one. His vocabulary is very much informed by the fact that the porn convention was in town. Yeah. <laughs> Watched them get pounded for a while. And, I actually um... <laughs> finally paid the hundred bucks and went to the exhibit hall for a couple of hours. And I thought, oh, I'm, I'm going late. I wonder if I'd be able to see it all in three hours. Well, I saw it in 30 minutes. But yeah. yeah it's talked to a couple of folks and, and all that. Uh, one more thing that had me eating a bit of crow. Uh, the weekend, this weekend with all these guys, always includes Saturday night at the Palm mm-hmm. at Forum Shops. It used to be in the back, but now we are spending more time up front and taking like half of that whole atrium uh, terrace oh, yeah. thing. We're going to watch by and insult women as they go by. and Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why no. don't we? <laughs> Actually, oh, a couple times. I uh, he just comes on here and he's like, this is not how me. horribly uh, behaved uh, I am when I'm not around yeah. you people. That's just, this is, I'm still a newcomer. I've only been doing this a decade. These guys have been doing this since the 80s. Um, and, and here's something. This time the menu was limited. Instead of giving us the full menu, we had uh, you know small amount of choices to choose from as a big group of like 30. Yeah, because, I mean, and this is pretty standard. If you ask to book a group meal in a restaurant, and it's going to be more than 15 people, more than 20 people, yeah. almost definitely, I would almost always recommend that the restaurant only give you a limited menu yeah. because you all want to yeah. eat at the same fucking time. You don't want your stuff coming out da- staggered. And no quality restaurant is going to really be able to get you if you order off the full menu with 30 oh, yeah. people oh ordering 30, 30 different insane. things, all getting it all in there. So like Mother's sh- Day. Yeah, limited menu is key. It's the way to go. Yeah, so uh, you know, the usual deal in the old days was with massive amounts of crab and shrimp and oysters and... Uh, it, it just didn't work out. So this year, the limited menu, there were two apps that came to the table, a little uh, shrimp uh, fratiavolo and, and some meatballs. I had like one of each, a choice of two different salads, three mains, just a chicken parm and two steaks, one dessert. I kind of resented it when I saw it all, blaming it all on those cheap bastards at Landry's, which bought the palm <laughs> a couple, three years ago. You were all ripped up at this point, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out that it was just fine. Waste, not wasting a lot of expensive food is a good thing. Yeah, it is very much a good thing. Yeah, so a reluctant, well, uh, eat crow thumbs up for the limited menu for the party of 30 at the palm. And then Sunday, the games, we watched the two championship games at a huge four-bedroom suite up on the 66th floor, just, you know, like a half-a-mile hallway walk from Elise yeah. um, on 66 or whatever it's called this week. <laughs> I, I and that was it. a little more modest. Capriati sandwiches and Marcelliano's Pizza on West Sierra, West Sahara and Cimarron. Fine, serviceable, decent So you basically food. had the, um, the takeout delivered to the... We had a guy go, and he brought basically. 10 boxes of pizza and three boxes of the little cut-up sandwiches. When you say guy, was this like butler service? Because no, this was one of our guys. Or one of your guys? One of our guys okay. did that. The butlers were up there doing a lot of other stuff for us, but uh, our guys I went I mean, that's where the hookers the and blow came in. But. Right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's, that was my weekend, which was a week's worth of weekend. It so was. Awesome, oh, man. my gosh. Yeah. How about you, Gemini? Oh, well, you know, I, I got... I was out at a lot of places this week, so I'm just going to run through them quickly. A couple of them are, are repeats, um, so I'll, I'll do some highlights. I, of course, went to Milpa. They're they're one of the, you know, DJ um, Flores is one of the chefs I'm I'm talking to or trying to talk to about James Beard. So And I love their mushroom and squash to tell us for breakfast with an egg on it. So ran over there. Um, I stopped into the Martini to watch the rest of uh, one of the football games on 
Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, Sunday, Sunday, cool. Sunday. Um, you probably don't get that reference, do you? <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. No, I get that. I live 64 on the funny cars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, dude, I mean, <laughs> you don't have to go to the race to see yeah. the ads. I didn't know they would have you those. Just have to watch cheap yeah. local TV. We, we started you know? off at the George watching right. the game, and the people were great. The food we had was good. The drinks were good. But the <laughs> crowd was was stupid. It was Way over. You cracked over, me up so much overdone. when I read your post. <laughs> and um, so, you know, credit to the George for what they were putting out there. But, you know, screw the guy next to me that basically knocked me out of my seat and then took it while I still had money in the damn machine. So I just said, you know what? We're out of here. It's too people for me. We went to the martini, had some drinks, had some snacks. Um, you know, love the staff over there. Always have a good time. Um, yeah, I mean, those games had to have been nuts. And they if were. you're in a casino on yeah. a game day like that, and, I mean, ra- and rather don't than expect a, 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 usually a, an elevated yeah, experience. Yeah. No, and, much and, and so we sat and we sat at the bar like we knew it was going to be busy, but this one guy just kind of ruined it. So we just said, you know what, we'll give it another chance on maybe not so busy day. Yeah, I mean, you do hope that when you go to the locals' casinos, one of the great reasons you go to the locals' casinos is you hope the, the asshole contingency yeah. is going to be a little lower. But when it's like it's pro a, sports it's a huge championship thing. something yeah. so, day, I mean, you're going to have the asshole yeah, contingent it was anywhere just a, you go. It was man. just a shit show. So, um, yeah, instead of instead of perpetuating it, we just took off and we said we'll come back another day when we can actually hang out a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, speaking of the police and noodles group, about 12 of us got together and went to Ronnie's uh, Indian Market on Sahara to do some shopping because the book we're reading right now is all about Indian cooking. Mm-hmm. And then we went to fa- a Marigold Fine Indian Cuisine. and Flamingo, we- right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I went there. On and- the Man Feast app, I believe recommended by um, by Brandon Powers. Yes. I remember yes. Right. I went there yeah. as well under his recommendation. <laughs> I usually look it up before I go, but everything was happening so fast <clears throat> yesterday. Um, and so for a group of 12, one of our um, uh, group members is from India. And so we asked her, knowing the style of the book, what would you order? And so she talked to the, to the, to the host and the chefs. Got it all figured out, and I don't even remember all the dishes we had, oh, but yeah. I have plenty of pictures I'll be posting on socials. But go there. The food was good. It was fresh. The service was amazing. Really great flavors. You can taste the different layers. You can taste the differences in the curries and the kormas and the and all that stuff. So I'll, I'll bet they were happy to see you with 13 people because <laughs> time, two times I've been there, it's it's been rather lonely, yeah. and I kind of worry oh, for them. Oh, no, it was but fantastic. Man, I grew up eating eating Indian food with massive groups of really poor people in New York sure, City. Sure, like yeah. You go down to, to 7th Street. Oh, yeah. In, in yeah, the there's Village, like 18 and, places yeah, in one block. Of them and we'd be like, we'd walk in with $7 a piece in right. our hands. And, and we'd it's have always like, like family feast, style you know? anyway, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's what we did. We had an absolutely wonderful time. So huge thanks to the people over at Marigold. Um, for brunch over the weekend, John and I popped into Honey Salt. I hadn't been in there for a little while. And I got the honey salt Benedict, and I added both the smoked salmon and the bacon um, because Whoa. I yeah because I wanted all of that like salty goodness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what, what I loved best about the experience is we just sat at the bar. We were talking to a few people. Did you have some um, smoky whiskey with that? I did not, uh, but I did have a really nice uh, glass of rosé. Um, 
but people kept coming up to me and asking me what I had ordered because they watched it come out of the kitchen. Uh. And uh, so, yeah, explaining that to people. So I helped sell a few of those. That's that was good. Fun. You're out there <laughs> pimping for our friends. Good That's job. That's right. We love them. So, um, and then. Yeah, um, we love. And by the way, Honey Salt, of course, is Elizabeth Flowers yep. Restaurant from yep. Bow Hospitality. Yep. It's, a, it's a mainstay it's, in yeah. Las Vegas. It's over there across from Boca Park. Yep. Um, not yep, actually tucked in into Park, the back little corner. Yeah, and it was decent weather. People were on the patio. Um, they were quite busy, but not so much that you had to wait uh, too long. So yeah, it was really great to be in there. It had been too long since I'd stepped in. Um, and then last Thursday night, I went to Naxos. Um, I'd oh, only yeah. sat at the Oyster Bar before, so it was really nice to go into the restaurant. And we ordered a, a Dover sole, and we ordered the shrimp with the crispy stuff on side. I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, the katifi, katifi, something. Yeah, that katifi shrimp in there is just the best dish. They're huge prawns. They're so juicy. They're seasoned. The the outside is seasoned well. It's crispy. And I hate to say this, but I had a very very similar dish last night at Orla by Michael Mina. Yeah. And I like the one at Naxos. Oh wow. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of great reasons to go to Orla, and I'll tell you more about that. Sure. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah, that dish, that dish is so good over yeah. at Naxos. So um, on your recommendation, we tried all of the dips. Um, we got that, that Dover sole. We got um, both desserts that we that were on there at the time, the, the baklava cheesecake baklava and then this chocolate thing right. that was just super light and delicious. Um, and sat at the bar and just ordered a bottle of wine and had a great time. So, awesome. yeah, it was a really great Greek week, and, week and weekend. Yes, we stuck yeah. to the Greeks and um, and let the bartender help us choose. For people who are, I'm, I'm guessing most people, even if they're familiar with wine, aren't that familiar with Greek yeah. wine. So what's the process like for somebody like yourself who really loves good wine when you go into a restaurant like um, that? So I, it doesn't matter where the wine comes from. The first thing I'm going to tell people is talk to your bartenders, make sure they know what they're serving, at, and tell them what you like. So the two of us, um, I went with CityCast Sarah Lohman, and the t- we both like drier wines. We wanted something sort of crisp. And we ask, we say, um, you know, we're going to be ordering all these different things. What's something that's going to be going with all of this so we don't feel like we have to order four or five different glasses of wine right. to make our own tasting menu kind of thing? Um, and we had Alicia behind the bar that night, and she was knowledgeable. She let us taste a few things. We were able to kind of pinpoint the one that, that sat right there in the middle for both of us, and it was fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Um, I guess that brings it to me. I got some more caffeine just dropped off at the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> more before I start trying to speed Cold, through these. bubbly caffeine. Did I, did I cut you off too soon? You no, got not else? at all. That okay. Was... Awesome. Um, so what do we got? Brings us to me. Where are we? First off, um, going back to Durango Resort, as you were talking about, I did dinner at Summer House, my first dinner in Summer House in the new Durango Resort. And um, here's what I'll say about it. For it's, it's a very eclectic menu. I would say it's um, creative spins on comforting foods from diverse cross-section of cultures. That, that would be my one-liner for it. Right? <laughs> okay. So, for example, um, there's a raw bar section, which included my first dish, which was ahi tuna and watermelon tostadas. Um, so served on a baby tortilla chip with avocado and Thai chili. Right. So, you know, it, it may have been the, um, the most elegant and most creative dish we ended up having that night. Wow. It was really, really good. Not the kind of thing you expect. 
It was very different from um, our pasta course, which was a thick, rich, and um, a hearty a bucatini with Dungeness crab and spicy Calabrian chili and Ooh. red sauce. And they were both super creative, both a little fond of chili peppers, um, but yeah. you know, nonetheless you be delicious. careful with that with Dungeness crab, or you just lose the crab. No, the, but the you crab. still got that crab flavor, and it was fantastic. <coughs> and then for our main course, um, we did two types of chicken. The picnic fried chicken basket was a big, hearty basket, heavily breaded chicken tenders, white meat tenders, seasoned pretty well, accompanied by fries. I got the truffle fries this time around. Um, there's the slaw. There was hickory sauce on the side. On the flip side, we also did the chicken breast um, the paillard, oh, which yeah. was pounded super thin, super light dish, very healthy feeling, nicely grilled, and served with an extremely light arugula salad. Interestingly, more Calabrian chili peppers <laughs> oh, on golly. that dish. They, they love the Calabrian chili peppers. But again, very good. We did their... Um, their cornbread on the side, which is a, a, a big dish over there, and it was really, really good. Melty cheese and jalapenos in it. But again, chili peppers, yeah, right? Exactly. Everything that I'm having. So here's the thing. Let us entertain you, which owns this venue. Chicago Legends. So Chicago Legends, absolutely. And they are exceptionally good at, at executing a wide variety of disparate concepts at a very high level. Yeah. And you just take a look at their frat, casual French bistro, Monomiga B, the fine dining at Eiffel Tower, the excellent Mexican at El Segundo Sol, celebrity-style Italian at RPM Seafood, and the place that feels to me like the ultimate restaurant for signing a big business deal in in all of Las Vegas. <laughs> yes. Like if somebody wants to buy me yeah. out and give me seven figures for every or eight figures for everything I own. I want you to take me to Joe's seafood, prime steaks, and and stone crabs, right? Like so these are all um all lettuce entertainment venues and they all go after a very different audience, right? Yeah. And they do it very well at all of them. So um that's what they're doing here as well. And it's a it's a different kind of concept. It's nothing like the other things. It's something Unheard of. The vibe, the best that I would describe it as seems to be Real Housewives of Summerlin. It <laughs> feels like it's geared towards very refined people <laughs> who eat out often, who expect the best, who want some variety, but probably would never ask the name of a chef in a restaurant where they're dining. You know, like, you know, those kind of people. Oh, yeah. It's like when you're at like a Four Seasons or a Ritz Carlton and you go to their three meal restaurant. Like, you know, it's all super elevated, um, but like still approachable right yeah. that's that's what they're going for over here i'd say of all the lettuce entertain you concepts that would be my least interesting one to al mancini as a person doesn't mean it's not great you know yeah. and it fits really really well in with that that um entire casino and resort yeah. which has that kind of palm springs yep. you know yeah, ladies who lunch, uh, um, or to be exact santa monica the original oh, summer wow. house of santa monica i went to the one in bethesda maryland Okay. Five years ago. Okay, so yeah. so you get you get what I'm talking. And they about, all look man. alike. They look so beautiful with the with the trees and the banquettes and the air and the light. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, so um, you know, I think it's it's great. And of course, man, then you've got that sweet shop right out front. So I went home with <laughs> oh, those. Yeah. Those cookies are addictive. Like you, that, those cookies are just. I have the a, shit, a girlfriend who, as a, a side gig, is a server over there, and uh, she tells me, "Tell me when you're going to go in, and if if you miss me, always get the cookies." Always yeah, get yeah, the get cookies. Them. I mean, that's like Crumbles Who. That's my new. Motto, you know? And they're pretty close to that crumble that I used to get They're to, right you know? behind us, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so next up, the grand opening of Alantico Vinayo in Uncommons. So, this joint, if you haven't been following the news, it's huge in Tuscany. Joe Bastianich has brought it to the U.S. in several cities. This is the first in Las Vegas. There were hundreds of people lined up that opening day because they were giving away 100 sandwiches for 
free on opening day. So there were about 500 people showed up. It was a madhouse. Media and influencers get in first. They're all trying to shoot videos of the sandwich guys making the sandwiches. Um, I tried to order a lamb sandwich, but I fucked that up because I was still trying to shoot video around influencers. And I, I ordered the wrong sandwich. I ended up with a lardo sandwich. But it was really, really good. I did not complain about it. I'll definitely be back to try the lamb and plenty of other stuff. But for now, I spoke to Joe Bastianich while I was there, and here's what he told me about the place. I've been in Vegas in various restaurant forms for 30 years, and seeing Vegas grow up, um, it's interesting the off-strip kind of validation that these kind of these kind of uh, these uncommon kind of lifestyle malls are really bringing, and how bustling the city is, how much the need for quality food service exists. So it might not appear to be the first choice, but I think it makes a lot of sense. You were very instrumental in changing the way that people thought about dining in Las Vegas on the Las Vegas Strip. So do you feel that that there's an analogy right now to to this off-strip area of Las Vegas being at the same kind of turning point that the Strip was at when you brought in a higher level? Well, I think, you know, if you look at when we started 30 years ago, the residential part of the city and it was not what it is now. I mean, it's increased in population massively. You have a very sophisticated, um, you know, actually very sophisticated and also high-end customers here people that are spending dollars for food are high and i think that um these kind of locations merit you know quality food service and i think it'll be well received so for people who have not dined at one of the other locations could you tell them what to expect coming to antico vinayo is like taking a step into italy it's like a, a half hour true authentic italian experience not only in the flavors and the sandwiches, but also in the whole vibe, the sandwich makers, the conviviality of an Italian experience. Saturday, we dropped by Resorts World to see porn stars, then dropped by Eight Cigar Lounge and had some a very nice flight of whiskey um, and a smoke that the cigar sommelier actually chose for Sue, you know, asking her what she liked and if she ever smoked. I love didn't. that. So, yeah. you know, really good attention to detail. I really do love that joint. I need to get in there more often. So I just wanted to give them a shout out. But we left quickly because we were on our way over to Bouchon for their 20th anniversary party. Man. What a party. 20 years of Bouchon in the Venetian. That's fantastic. Yeah, and it was not a crazy elbow-to-elbow, shoulder-to-shoulder party. It felt like they were very selective in who they invited. I don't know how I got on that list, <laughs> that being said. Um, but, man, just like the people that were there were really cool people to hang out with. I saw chefs Brian Howard, Gary Lamore, and Daniel Ontiveros, all three of whom are superstar chefs in their own right here in Las Vegas. Yeah. They were hanging out together because they all once worked together at Bouchon. Mm. Right? I saw Bryce and Dalton of DW Bistro who were hanging out with Thomas's brother, Joseph. And actually, that got me to catch up with Joseph because I hadn't seen him in forever. And we were reminiscing about his old restaurants, Joseph's and the Miracle Mile Shop and his place Bar Zinc in Lake Las Vegas. He And he was telling me stories, man, back reminiscing about the opening of this place and how he and Thomas were opening Bouchon in Vegas at the same time they were opening Per Se in New York. Oh, wow. I mean, just great stories, great memories. I remembered that when Joseph and I got talking the last Thanksgiving that we had with Sue's dad 
before he died was actually at Joseph's restaurant, oh, right? So, wow. like, you know, it was just, you know, when you go to celebrate 20 years at a place and yeah. you're seeing the cool people that you've met over 20 years, you're remembering the cool things that you've done. I mean, it was just such a, such a really super special party to be at him. I'm very privileged and honored that they invited me or that I got mistakenly put on the wrong guest list, whatever <laughs> happened. I don't know. But I was in, so it made me feel good. Um, Thomas Keller is, of course, the master. And I know some of you New Jack young kids don't realize like how how big a name Thomas Keller is. But when Michelin was only covering a handful of U.S. cities, he was the only American to have two three-star restaurants in two different cities. That's amazing. Wow. Right? And that, of course, was for the French Laundry and yep. for its sister restaurant, Per Se, going yep. all the way back to what was opening when he was opening up Bouchon. You know, he really is the only American chef, or the, he was the first American chef to be viewed in the same sentences, spoken about in the same sentences as the Paris Masters, you yeah. know? And, I mean, he's just... A super rock star of a guy, incredibly nice. I've met him many times over the years. He was taking pictures with people on a step and repeat as they came in. Yeah. Um, he just wanted to make sure everybody got that souvenir. And so I grabbed him and I just asked him to reflect on the 20 years. That's a long time. <laughs> I mean, you know, we were just thinking about when we opened this restaurant 20 years ago, we had the same type of party and how excited we all were for the future. And it's really, it's, it's been such an extraordinary, um, guess just, you know, extraordinary moment in my life to see this for the past 20 years. We're very grateful to be here. And this brings us to our group meal at Mother Wolf yeah. in Fountain Blue. Um, I want to get everyone's first thoughts, and then I want to ask you, do you think this restaurant belongs on the Neon Feast list of best Italian on the Strip? And that list currently includes Buddy V's, Bala Italian Soul, Amalfi, RPM, Brezza, Carbone, and Cipriani. That, that's it. So that would be, you know, we're wondering, does it deserve to be mentioned in the same breaths as them? And I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I don't really, I don't love Carbone. I like it. I don't like Cipriani, but sure. other people love it, and that's why it's on our list, right? So um, so for me, it's better than those two places right <laughs> off the map. <laughs> Generally speaking, a qu some quick reminders, guys. You know, we did the bread. We did the zucchini flowers. We did that um, chicoria salad. Four cheese pizza, spaghetti all'agosto, um, the tonarelli cacio e pepe, and then we had the whole bronzino. I think uh, that's about yeah. it. So thoughts, the atmosphere, the vibe, the food. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, one of the comments that came out as far as, like, the atmosphere is that it looked like it could be probably any other Italian place on the Strip or any other restaurant on the Strip. I would say or a classic be, French or, or yeah, New Orleans. Yeah. It was pretty you know, yeah. Belle Epoque generic. So, but it yeah, was, it was that, beautiful. Yeah, there's a good Belle Epoque generic. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it was beautiful. Um, but when I walked in, I didn't get struck by, oh, wow, this is really unique. Anything yeah. like that. Um, sticking to the food, I really enjoyed it. There, I, I had one issue with one of the pastas. I thought it was a little far on the al dente side. But all of the flavors were really great. I loved that the cacio pepe had a really great pepper note to it. There's a lot of places in town that make it, and it's anemic as fuck, and I just can't stand it. It drives yeah. me nuts. Um, the salad, I thought, was inspired because, I mean, chicory is such a huge family, and they tried all of these different greens to turn it into a Caesar, and uh, I, I found that to yeah. be really, really beautiful. I thought it was a very nice salad. I had absolutely no... Uh, 
idea other than the guy saying it's our version of Caesar. He, they should knock that off the patter. It has nothing to do with the Caesar. Yeah, at I mean, all. They, there's a Caesarish dressing on it, but I mean, Not they should much, just call it, it a chicory salad. Yeah, and it was a wonderful thing. Because it was delicious. Yeah. Zucchini flowers, I, I, I love, filled with cheese and my, fried. One of my favorite you know, things on the planet. What are you going to do about that? Oh, we also did those short rib meatballs. I forgot about those. those oh, yeah, really yeah. Weird. Like shredded short rib made into tiny little golf yep. balls and fried. That yeah. was interesting. I and liked I, that dish. I liked how the short rib still had texture of like a ripped or torn up short yeah, rib. The shred. It, it wasn't then ground down and overly processed, so you still got that texture as well, which I found surprising, but also left the integrity of the, the meat that they were trying to serve. Um, I really liked that a lot. Yeah, I thought that was a really yeah. good dish. You also ordered some like kind of an arancini sort oh, of. Yeah, yeah. They, were, they and, weren't balls. They were more like uh, they looked like mozzarella sticks, but they yeah. were risotto sticks, basically. <laughs> I guess right, like that's and the short and thick, uh, yeah. just like something else that I will not mention in the middle of food. <laughs> but but they, no, they, they were, were fine. They, they were, were very a nice. Great bar yeah. snack. Yeah, yeah, right? like, yeah. Exactly. I don't know that they belonged in a restaurant or they belonged in a meal as elevated as the rest of the things that we had. Yeah. I would say that the rest of our dishes were a bit more elevated. Yeah. Absolutely. Than but we knew what they were when we ordered them. That's yeah. not a bad yeah. thing. I would say, but if I was sitting at the bar yeah. in there and, that you know, great perfect. bartender, right? Oh, we yeah. To mention. We, love, we love the bartender. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to David. Yes. As, <laughs> as I say with the uh, Whatever I said five minutes ago about uh, Dungeness crab and the the danger of a spice coming mm. over that, I was a little worried about the thing I asked for the spaghetti aragosta, uh, which was lobster, lobster yep. in a spicy tomato sauce. But it was just enough to be called spicy, but I could still taste Absolutely. lobster. It was very nice. Yeah. I liked that. And I a thought lot. the lobster was cooked well. I admit I wanted a little bit more of it. Oh, always um, want more lobster. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, because it, it is its own texture, and uh, but the but there was a huge claw. There was that one. There huge was the claw one huge that claw that it came which, with. I don't know who yeah. grabbed that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think it got cut up. And, that was the yeah. Um, you probably wanted more lobster because I took most of it. <laughs> <laughs> that okay. could be it. That could as be it. As long as you enjoyed it, absolutely. Man. But yeah, I think they did a really good job. I think the service was fantastic. Um, you know, again, talking about wine, I had the same conversation with their sommelier. These are all the different things we're looking at ordering. Um, you know, what is something that's not going to take over and, and blow our palates out so we can't taste this stuff, but we'll still go with a little bit of everything because we had light, we had heavier foods. Um, so, yeah, I, I just really enjoyed the evening. I mean, obviously the company was amazing, but it was a great meal. I, okay, I enjoyed so it. If, so, no, I would here, put them on the, the list. Nobody will know. You know, we're, I'm going to wait another three or four months till the next Neon Feast survey goes out. We'll see who comes back when I say favorite Italian restaurants. Yeah. We'll see if anybody yeah. mentions it. That's what's going to really decide whether it ends up on the list. But I am just really curious, you know, because I look at the other ones. I also forgot to mention Brezza, right? So if I look at Buddy V's, Bal Italian Soul, Brezza, Amalfi, I love those restaurants so much, right? And I don't think that this is on that level for them right um it's a different experience than rpm which is already on our list yep. um and i it, and i think it's right around that level of solid food that it's probably comparable to them so yeah. i do think it's i think it's in there it wouldn't be on al mancini's list of the best my favorite italian restaurants on the strip but yeah. if it end if but but i wouldn't be surprised if it gets a bunch I of wouldn't mentions be surprised either. on the next survey yeah. Um, okay, and yes, finally, you know what? I'm just going to punt on my meal last night at Michael Mina's Orla and tell you all about it next week because just way, way, <laughs> way too much yeah. to talk about there. But well, let, me, let me put it this way. Did you know that, um, that foie gras was invented by the Egyptians? 
No. Yeah, no. that's one little nugget I learned from Michael last night. As oh, I my was gosh. Eating foie gras hummus and as I was eating foie gras saganaki. <laughs> oh, my God. So that's my teaser for next week. But that I is want about all it. of those things. Hey, you know, coming up in the news, new popular or actually popular grocers are coming into Vegas. Um, a new opening at Resorts World. I sit down with four of the James Beard semifinalists while Al sat down with the new head chef at Bizarre Meat. This is Food and Loathing. Here you are in Vegas, you're hungry, and the choices are endless. But do you really want to trust the crowd? You can trust Neon Feast. Restaurant recommendations from real food pros sharing where they send friends and family. All that knowledge is just a download away on the Neon Feast app. You want the strip, off strip, downtown, great views, great value? Find smart, informed restaurant recommendations on the Neon Feast app and neonfeast.com. As we mentioned earlier, I did do a lot of running around this past week, sitting down with four of the five noted semifinalists for the James Beard Foundation Awards this year. First, I sat down with Kimmy McIntosh from Milkfish Bake Shop, who talks about the surprise of being listed as a semifinalist and who she called first. Well, that was a crazy morning, and it started with you because <laughs> you were announcing the local semifinalists. And, you know, we've been in touch for a couple of years, but it had been a little bit. And yeah. so I just did not believe what I was seeing. Just literally, <laughs> not that I didn't trust you. I just couldn't believe it. So I just went on auto and I deleted it because I thought maybe it was a joke or like not from you, but just someone got hacked or something. And then you posted it to your story, tagged us again. And I'm like, well, that's funny. It went from post to story, okay. But still no part of me like even thought it was real. Yeah. And I had to just sit and like process it for 10 minutes and I knew I'd be mad at myself if I didn't just check and like humor me and just try to see what was going on. And I saw our name on the Eater Vegas announcement and I still just couldn't believe it. And it took all the way until going to the actual James Beard website. And I think even then it was just surreal, like laughing and crying and screaming. Just can't really <laughs> believe what you're looking at and just all the waves of emotions. and. I mean, we're still going through it now. I think it's like almost a week later and it's still very, just very surreal. <laughs> so who's the first person you called? Oh my gosh. Well, I called Josh cause he wasn't home <laughs> to, to, to tell him I need someone to like show me, just tell me I'm seeing this for real. You're not crazy. Um, yeah. And you know, um, my parents, my parents, they, you know, they're really supportive. They always have been, and they've always been really into like Food Network and things like that, but I, they've never heard of the James Beard Awards. Sure. And so uh, being able to describe just everything to them and the whole process and how amazing it is, and um, you know, you always go for your parents' approval. And I was just, it, to see their faces, because we FaceTimed, and to see just that they were actually like super proud of me for what we were doing and going out on a limb and trying to start this little business. and to see that all of our hard work paid off. So they had to be the first ones because they're the ones here, you know, watching our kids when we're doing events so that we can really dedicate all of our time to do it. So it, it had to be best. a reminder that, you know, we have a lot ahead of us and things are going to change a little bit. We're really excited. And what that means is we just got to make our sales available more for everyone. So we're popping up a lot more often than we were last year, you know. <laughs> dare I say, hopefully monthly. We want to do more events like we did last night. We'll do little pop-up markets. Um, it, 
had been probably six months since we popped up and now it's just from here on out it's on go we just really want to be able to pop up everywhere have people try us out for the first time they're just starting to hear about us now and <laughs> it's really exciting to be able to have a whole new audience of people and can they order from you via social media or online or yeah we do take special orders via instagram or um also i believe it's connected to my email on our instagram i will say it's mainly instagram that we work through okay which made this whole james beard thing very surreal because it's like well you must be very active on Instagram because that's where we do everything. Um, now we're just excited that people are noticing and we just want them to see, you know, what we're doing, how we represent Filipino food. That's what it's always been about at its core is just introducing Filipino food in our own little way. And so now that people have kind of heard about it, it's like, okay, let's go now. <laughs> Oscar Amador from Anima by EDO talks about being nominated last year for Southwest Region and this year for a national award on Outstanding Chef and what that means to him and his team. Yeah, I'm very, very excited, you know, very, you know, it's like, I'm very proud of, of the team. Like, yeah, we have a very, very strong team, you know, and, and here are the results, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think have, if anything, has changed over the past year that would take you from a regional category into a national category? I think I didn't change much. It's like we, we work hard and we always try to evolve and make the restaurant better and better. And, you know, with Roberto and Joe on top of everything, too, it's like we, we always try to be, you know, our best version. And, and I think that's the are there things that you learned over the past year or from being part of the James Beard nomination series last year um, that made you do anything different or rethink how you do things? Uh, last year when, I, when we went to Chicago, now we see all these people and all these chefs and, you know, it's kind of, you know, huge and make you like to be proud, no? Be part of this, of this community, right? And, and I like I like to cook, you know, and uh, you know, an advice to to all these people that want to come here or want to be a ginger finalist or whatever, it's like just cook, right? It's like jump in the line, cook, uh, fill 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 the kitchen, right, and and that's it. Brian Howard and I sat down and talked about community, what it means to have such a dedicated team, and what it would be like to bring a James Beard Award back to Las Vegas after so many years. First and foremost, I think we're really excited, super grateful, and, you know, see that the hard work is paid off, right, to some degree, and that there's some recognition for the things that we try to do on a daily basis in the restaurant that are just natural for us, right? Like, our, our common goals are to be community-driven and people-driven, and I don't think I'm the best at anything, so, like, that's a little uncomfortable for me, right? I, and I think that... You know, I don't know if you had saw my social media posts about it, but um, anything monumental takes an army of people to do great things. So I owe that, you know, for the nomination for me, it's it's a team, it's, it's for the team, you know. Uh, so we're super excited. I, I also kind of crafted this thought in my head that it doesn't define me, you know, a, a long time ago, you know, where, where I was really pushing for it and really like, going after that it's it's a bucket list of mine so it's it's definitely a, a stripe on the belt and I, i'm i'm humbly happy as much as i know that it does, doesn't define me I'm, I'm very happy that it that it's happened finally and that you know at the end of the day it really kind of sheds light of like how big our industry is right how many great chefs there are in this country 
right? And to be nominated as a part of that, it backs up everything, you know, your, your ego tells you for a long time. Sure. Uh, where, you, where you feel like you were, you know, there was one point I, and I felt really like, like I should have had it, right? Um, now, now it's just like, this is what we do, right? And to be nominated and recognized for it, it, it makes me happy. But at the end of the day, like, we're just going to keep doing what we do. You know, now there's a little bit more eyes on what we do. And obviously there's a little more pressure to be like, to hold yourself up to that, that category. So obviously within me, we're just going to double down on what we do even harder and, you know, really push ourselves to, to be even better. But at the end of the day, it's, that's what our, our mantra is every day. So we're just going to continue to do what we do. And hopefully uh, we can bring a, a beard award to Vegas because that hasn't been done, I think, since 2008. It's been a long time. It's been a long time since Vegas has seen that. So not getting recognized for so many years, I think, would be uh, – that would play into that a lot for us, I think, to say, well, here you go. You got it, right? And, and all that would mean even further, even, even much more to us. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm just excited for our team that we got the nod. Steve Kessler at Aroma talks about what it's like to have such amazing community support in such a difficult industry and what it's like to be nominated in the same year as one of his former co-workers and employers. Totally unexpected. Like, I just woke up with a lot of uh, text messages <laughs> saying, like, congratulations, congratulations, you know, and I was like, what is this about, right? And it was like, for the nomination, I was like, I can't believe this. Like, is this really happening? It was, it was amazing. Did you go check yeah. the website to make sure it wasn't yeah. a mistake? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was checking and then I went to my wife and like, hey, take a look at this. You think this is like, it's happening? And she's like, yeah, yeah, this is real. Oh my gosh. Then I called my business partner, Yasser, and I was like, hey, um, I'm nominated, you know? Like, we talk about, um, about that last, uh, last year. Like, I was telling him how much it'll mean to me, you know, to one day be be nominated right and it's happening this year so it's like i'm blown away you know so so that is coming to fruition what does it feel like what does it mean to you i think uh for me it's just like a validation of all the hard work that we have been doing the last two years so you know it feels great to finally start like getting some attention and recognition from all the hard work because um, as you can see this location it's a little bit off you know and we open here like against all odds right and we said you know what let's bet on the food let's bet on ourselves and we'll see what happens so the first year was was a nightmare like a roller coaster like you know a lot of struggles then the second year it was like okay and i think this year is looking pretty pretty good and you know getting this type of uh, attention and recognition hopefully will uh, do things easier for us but you know we're here like we survived uh two years you know so we're really happy about it and to our surprise like we don't have a pr company we don't you know so it was just like i don't know who did it and whoever did it, thank you so much, you know, because it means uh, there's somebody out there that believe in, in us and what, what we're doing. So it means a lot, honestly. 
Um, you have also worked with Oscar from EDO and Anima by EDO, where he's up for yes. Outstanding Chef. Yeah, last year. What, what is it like to, I don't want to say follow in those footsteps, but what is it like to be nominated um, in the same year as somebody you've worked for, but also in the same category that he was in last year? Yeah, it feels, it feels great because uh, these are people that I admire, you know, and that are very talented. Uh, I worked with them at EDO for like two years and a half and we had a lot of fun. We had like a really strong team at the time and you know, I just needed to do my own thing, right? So that's what I uh, leave EDO, but you know, it feels, it feels nice, it feels good and you know, to, to share this with them is just like also like I said, they are super talented people, so I feel like maybe we have a little bit of talent too, you know, because I really admire everything they do. And we told you a few weeks ago that Bizarre Meat has a new executive chef, Frank Medina. Well, I got to sit down with him in the restaurant and talk about his plans. Chef, congratulations on the new gig, man. One of my favorite restaurants, and you are running the show here at Bizarre Meat by Jose Andres. How's it feel? It feels amazing, man. Like a dream come through. Um... Even since I, I helped open this place, even since I left, I was always uh, dreaming about coming back. This uh, place is my home, and it will always be no matter where I am. So, so you helped open this restaurant just about 10 years ago. Um, in, in what way? So I was part of the opening team uh, in 2014. Um, I guess I was just asking, what was your position with that team, and what did you yeah, do at that point? I started as a cook here 10 years ago, and I, I went to become a chef de partie. I, after uh, four years, about three years and a half, four years after we opened, I left to work with uh, Chef Aitor Zavala, who, is, uh, who was the culinary director of uh, Think Food Group, now Jose Andres Group. Mm-hmm. Back then, uh, to open Somni, it was a 10-seat concept, very similar to A, what A is here, mm-hmm. uh, two Michelin stars. After that, I decided to come back to Vegas like a year and a half, two years after uh, Somni Open, uh, came work uh, as a chef uh, uh, with Wolfgang Puck at Cut with Chef Ma- alongside uh, Chef Matthew Hurley. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, even during the pandemic, I ventured into opening my food, my own food truck uh, with my best friend with a for about a year, year and a half after the pandemic kind of like went away and everything started uh, opening back. I went to serve as a executive sous chef or Zuma at the Cosmopolitan. Wow. So you have been busy since leaving here, and I guess um, I'm not curious why you came back. This is such a special restaurant. Why anybody would ever want to come back is very, very obvious. But what do you feel that you learned during that journey that you can now bring to Bazaar? Oh, a lot, man. I think, um, you know, I have a lot of um, inf- uh, I, my style is very influenced uh, by Spanish, obviously, because I'm, I have a Spanish heritage. And I think uh, working alongside, for example, Matthew Hurley and Cut, such a, like institution of, of, of a steakhouse mm-hmm. uh, staple, the steakhouse staple of our city, I think um, bringing a little bit here from there. Obviously, Suma, a little bit of uh, Japanese influence, uh, bring it here too. And maybe uh, I think uh, Somni, obviously, like super avant-garde, mm-hmm. super creative uh, cooking, attention to detail at its max. Uh, from Chef Aitor Savala, he's one of the best chefs in the world. Um, I think 
all that influence, uh, that's what I'm bringing to this restaurant now. And, and of course, like being here when we open and being here for so long, those first four years of the restaurant, uh, I always have that on my roots, of course. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting because there aren't a lot of restaurants that take meat as seriously as this place takes meat. And there also aren't a lot of restaurants that do the level of avant-garde technique that, has, that Chef Jose Andreas is known for. So it seems like you have background in both of those through other restaurants that are great at those aspects as well. That's pretty rare. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm super happy that what uh, my life journey has taken me because, honestly, coming here made a lot, a lot of sense for me in the matter of, like, having all these backgrounds and what this place is. is just a, a mix of exactly what have happened in my culinary career. Like, yeah. it's exactly that. So when, when you have a restaurant that, that's this high profile, it's gotten a lot of national media attention, people know what they expect, and Chef Jose Andres is one of the best-known chefs in the world. I think people are always curious about the executive chef's role. How much freedom does an executive chef within this organization, within this restaurant, have to put his own personal touches on the menu? Oh, uh, a lot. Uh, honestly, um, Chef Jose is all about in, in, innovation, and o o also he's all about respect to tradition. So I think as long as we respect the concept of the restaurant, which in this case is very eclectic, mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of room to put our own dishes on the menu. He's all about it, and he respects that. Of course, this is something that we discuss as a team, uh, uh, in Cy Bazaar and with Jose Andres Group. Uh, but Chef Jose really uh, is really about um, innovation and new dishes and new techniques and as long, of, of course, we respect the yeah. concept of a restaurant. Right, and obviously you know very well what the concept of this restaurant is due to experience. So um, what are some of your first touches that we'll see on the menu and are they there yet or um, do we have to wait for them? Since I started here, I've been here for about two months. We've done already like 17 specials. Uh, we do a special, two or three specials every week. We're working with a lot of, um, um, we're currently right now open, uh, working on C, uh, six items that are going to be on the menu. Mm -hmm. We are also looking into uh, doing more seasonal changes. Like I would say four times a year, let's say about, just to put a number on it, like six, seven, six, seven dishes come out, six, seven dishes go in. Of course, all the staples and signature dishes that uh, people, uh, guests, uh, know Bazaar for, obviously, they will probably stay there. But um, other than that, like, we're constantly, constantly working with new ingredients. Uh, we were very fortunate to have the opportunity to put our hands on the best ingredients yeah. uh, possible. Everybody wants to work with us. Uh, there's farmers and uh, um, uh, meat masters and people uh, working with amazing ingredients. Mm -hmm. that are, they're, they're constantly in touch with us and they want to work with us. So we're very fortunate to have that. So specials on the menu. Anytime we come in, we're going to see some of your creativity on the specials menu. But you said you're working on about six or so dishes to be permanent. So can you give me an idea of a theme that may be running through those dishes and to tell me when we may see them on the menu? Yeah, definitely. I think our seafood bar um, and our seafood bar, we're working on one or two dishes. We want, uh, we're working on a otoro dish, uh, tuna, tuna belly dish. Uh, we're also uh, working on an abalone dish. 
Uh -huh. um, we are planning on bringing uh, sea, uh, fresh sea urchin back. It's something we, uh, after the pandemic, it kind of got a little uh, hard to get. Mm -hmm. You know, like it, it's just, it was just inconsistent to get. You know, we couldn't have it all the time. We're now creating these, uh, these uh, relationship with the vendors, with vendors to be like more maybe exclusive to mm -hmm. us so we, they can save all this right. good stuff to us and we always have it available yeah. when we have it. Uh, we're working on the fire area. We uh, recently, the Sahara Hotel was kind enough to let us use a robotic grill that it was made by the same uh, company that made these grills. Mm -hmm. And we have it on the back, so we're working on a Brancino dish back there, we're working on an entree uh, a scallop dish as well. We've been implementing new cuts that are not as... Um, popular as the regular beef cuts that we normally do, uh, you know, like Denver steak, Vavette, and stuff right. like that. And we, we've been uh, implementing those back there. Uh, we also are thinking about bringing whole lamb back or maybe at least like a quarter, like a small leg or something like that. We're, we're looking into it. Obviously, all these things take time because some, it's a try and error yeah. thing. And then sometimes you have an idea in your head and then when you implement it, it doesn't taste or look like you want. We're always looking also for that wow factor. Right. You, you know, it doesn't only has to taste good, it has to taste good, it has to look good, mm -hmm. and it not only look good, it has to look good for everybody, not only mm -hmm. for the chef. And it has to look good for, on your phone as well, right? Exactly, exactly, <laughs> 100%, 100%. That's something that we really care about. We want you to come here and see something you cannot see anywhere else. So we're definitely working on a lot of things. This um, restaurant, has always appeared to be really on the cutting edge of understanding how aging works, understanding how how breeding works, how how the, how the raising of cattle works, how the the slaughter and the harvest works. So I'm wondering when I see trends going through Las Vegas, for example, like dry aged fish, is that something that Bizarre Meat is jumping on? Definitely, hundred um, percent. There's um, there's a lot of chefs in Spain that have been doing this for years now. Kike uh, da Costa, it's like uh, tuna jamón. We're trying to make tuna jamón. Uh, we are actually working with the health department right now to uh, to work on our health permits to do this kind of thing. You know, we kind of have to put all this on paper, explain to them, and then then they'll they'll, um, they'll let us know what do we need to get this permit if 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 it needs if, if we need it, right? Right, right? In case we need it. So we're working on all this. Uh, our our chef team are putting all this on paper. And uh, and that's one of the things that we want. We also been slowly integrating the use of technology, like uh, cutting machines. Let's say uh, we, we could make like a like a Parmesan paper, and then we want to cut that paper into a, into a perfect butterfly <laughs> to complement a dish, right? Wow. Uh, we you, we use cutting machines, three D printers. Uh, we also we're also trying to integrate that. Obviously. All these has to go through the health department. It's things that we've done, but we don't serve. Mm -hmm. It's just for us. Yeah, and then yeah. kind of like, if it works and if it makes sense, then obviously we have to present to the health department. We want to be like, you know, go yeah. through, through, the, through the right uh, path. Um, also, we've been collaborating with our new SOM, uh, uh, Luis, uh, our SOM left, and now our new SOM is Sean. And, and, and Roy is another song that we have here. He's, he's amazing, and we, along with Teresa. So we've been working on making a non-alcoholic pairing. So, oh, cool. yeah, but like the really, really cool stuff. Six different wines with no alcohol and all those notes that you know. 
you know, uh, Zinfandel, Cabernet. This, this is something we did at Somni, and I really, really like it. And I happened to see that every person that came in that's been around the world and has seen everything, they were so surprised about it. And I think it's such a cool thing because, you know, some of us don't drink. Um, yeah. So I think it's something that will really change. Uh, you, you're speaking to the choir, man, because, you know, I, I, I've, I don't drink these days, and you miss being able to do that wine pairing. It's, it's amazing. And there's six different wines. It would totally go with the ultimate uh, tasting. We can come here, eat, like, 16, 17 dishes, and then have six different wines that have the exact same notes. If, if you ever drink wine before a lot, like I did, mm-hmm. um, you'll, you'll say, like, damn, the only thing I'm missing is the bus. You know? right. <laughs> That's awesome. And then I've got to assume, man, all my favorites are, um, are safe, right? You're never taking that, um, that cotton candy foie gras away or no, anything like man. that, right? No, no, man. Like, everybody loves that. Everybody loves that bite and... and uh, I, I love it too. You know, it's something that really represents the places. And it probably, like, 10 years from now, will still be there. You know, everybody likes it. Nobody else does it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you see Cotton Candy Foie Gras, you know, Chef Jose was yeah. here, you know. Absolutely. Well, it sounds great, Chef. Congratulations, man. Um, I can't wait to dine here under under your, um, your reign. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Um, I, it will be my pleasure. Please come soon, and we'll be here waiting for you. The news is next. This is Food and Loathing. And it is time for the news. And some of this is fresh off the presses or straight from my inboxes as it was heading (laughs) over here today. So let's see how many typos are in it. Resorts World has announced the grand opening of Copper Sun. It's set for, what's this say? Oh, summer 2024. That'd be now almost. Well, yes. you must <laughs> No, not even. We're no, getting, not it's going to be here before okay. we know it. This is going to be the first fine dining concept from the Happy Lamb Hot Pot chain of restaurants. And it's going to feature um, Inner Mongolian cuisine. Signature dishes will include bone marrow broth, as well as a selection of premium meats, including lamb. They'll have a cocktail Ooh. menu incorporating Asian ingredients, and it'll be located in the district at Resorts World. I can't wait. My very first uh, White House road trip in 2005, the last stop was Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. Mm. And they laid out a spread for us of lamb and beef and Amazing. who knows well, what else. Will be our Mongolian I expert. will be the Mongolian correspondent. <laughs> awesome. Uh, here's some news I've been waiting for for a while. Details on Israeli chef Alon Shia's plans at Win Las Vegas. So we now know that he's going to be bringing another one of their culinary residencies okay. to it. And so it's going into Jardin, yep. which is where they had the men's test kitchen residency not all that long ago. It's going to be called um, Safta 1964. And it, like I said, inside of Jardin, I already told you about. It is a spin on the chef's Michelin-recognized Denver restaurant, which is Safta. So it's going to be Mediterranean. But while the original Safta is inspired by his grandmother, and Safta means grandmother in Hebrew, um, this is going to be sort of a prequel to her story. It's going to be a fictitious prequel (laughs) to her story, inspired by how he feels his grandmother would have um, partied in Las Vegas in 1964 as a fun-loving young person driving a um, 64 Thunderbird. I love this already. I have no idea what that means. (laughs) 
but I am suitably intrigued. Gra- Grandma channeling her inner Dan Tana. Oh my yeah. gosh. So it sounds like a blast. Um, and St. Honoree Donuts has launched its new Pizza Anonymous menu. I went there for a tasting in the Blue Diamond location. It was great. I did a short interview. You know what? No time this week. We'll get to that next week. Um, moving on, as we have have recently discussed in this podcast, the old Caviar Bar and Resorts World has changed its name to Aqua, and they've given the place a bit of a makeover. There are a few um, half walls separating the, the restaurant now from the people walking through the Resorts World shopping district, so it's feeling more like a restaurant, less like a lounge. Okay. Um, yeah. So I was at a party celebrating the name change, and I got to speak with Chef Sean. Very uh, excited to relaunch the brand. I think there's a lot of improvements in the restaurant. All you guys get to come and try it. Very exciting. So is it a change in name because you want to better reflect what you were already doing, or is it a full change on a change of what you were doing? It's kind of like a hybrid. Changing the name also allows us to expand. I mean, we have a great offering anyway. Uh, we're going into a larger menu soon, a different format. I think that obviously a server style will stay the same. You can see the interior design we're changing. We're adding a lot more to the program. Uh, Plants are coming in. We're going to make it a little bit more cozy. So bit by bit, we're just adding to it to give you a better experience at Aqua. So when is the new menu rolling out, and what will that entail? Uh, I don't have a date yet, but we'll let you know. Okay, and what's it going to be like? It's going to be really like the guts of it's going to be the same as what we got, but I want to kind of like have a little bit more sectionized so that you can go to one part of the menu specifically for caviar, then you go to another one specifically for raw fish, and just have more offerings so that as a regular guest when you come in, you have more opportunity to try different things. And I always change 50% of the menu every year. So each season, as I go through, 50% stays the same because you've got to have the things that people love and they'll never change. But then the other 50%, you know, we want to expand and experiment, offer new things, keep people interested, keep the team interested. Um, So this just adds another couple layers of ability to expose the creativity and also the quality of what we do. Um, that balance of creativity versus simplicity, right? We've discussed this before, and you've talked about how that's changed as you've gotten older as a chef. So how do you plan to strike that balance? Is it going to be primarily an ingredient-driven, let the ingredients speak for themselves, or are we going to see Michelin star bells and whistles? I think you'll see a little bit of both. Like, I like to have really clean and simple base add to it with a couple, like, small garnishes that highlights the star. Um, we always have to have something that's going to be inspirational just to keep people like, give them a wow factor. Um, I think every restaurant that I own or, I, or I've run in my life, they've always had these sparks of like creativity, but not too challenging. When you look at the menu now, like the scallop with katafi that you're eating today with a little bit of green curry sauce, it's a main course on our menu. It's very simple. You've got a little katafi, the scallop and the sauce and some vegetables, but it's the best scallop that you can buy. It's cooked perfectly. The sauce is just the most complex and the most delicious, and I think that's the art of cooking, right? I, I can say, I can vouch for that, because you served me that last time we yeah. were here. I wasn't even planning to eat, and it blew my mind. And But again, it was such a, a... There was a purity to that dish. It was really just nature speaking through the way that you arranged this. And that's the thing. Chefs can never, ever replicate or get to the level of nature. I mean, what we're given is already a blessing, and I think that the quality is where we look for, right? We want to make sure that everything that we put on the menu, everything we put in our mouth is the best quality product, and that's always been my philosophy. Cult favorite grocery stores are coming to the Las Vegas Valley. First is H Mart coming to Sahara and Decatur, and the sign is already up saying coming soon. Um, It is one of the largest Asian supermarket chains in America. Um, 
coming straight out of Asia. The original, I think, was in Queens. Um, and they have, I mean, there's been books written about this. One of my favorites is called Crying in H Mart. Um, it's very much a culinary journey uh, from somebody growing up Korean. So check it out. Um, everybody that I've talked to is super excited about it, especially um, Asian chefs and, and friends who have grown up with that more than I have. Uh, very big on the East Coast and, and uh, like Chicago area, things like that. Yeah, I'm an uh, H-Mart OG because it was ya? walking distance from my house in <laughs> Silver Spring, Maryland. Oh, yeah. And when I was in Paris last summer, I stumbled into an H-Mart. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah they are fantastic. They've got food inside. To, you can sit down and eat. So a little bit of everything. And they include Western foods as well. So you can turn it into a supermarket. Um, Aldi is also coming. Make sure you bring your own bags and a quarter to rent your shopping cart. Uh, from Europe to the U.S., that they've been growing a fan base here to rival Trader Joe's. Uh, they keep the stores small, often changing offerings based on seasonality and popularity. Um, and they're opening up somewhere yeah. in the Green Valley area. So that should be a lot of fun. To be clear, it is a straight-up grocery store. It is. And every brand of everything in there is Aldi. Yeah. There's so no name a, brands. Yeah, it's a lot like Trader Joe's where, you know, it's 99% their stuff. They are talking about having some other ones yeah. come in, um, you know, when they buy stuff in bulk or something like that. But, um, you know, I have friends that do charcuterie all the time, and they say that's one of the best places to go if you are not a Whole Foods person yeah. or not a Whole Foods budget. Yeah. You can go in there, get stuff. I hope these guys look at food deserts around here and other places because Aldi's a perfect cure for a food desert. It's small, it's tight, it's got a lot of stuff, and it's priced well for people. It can probably beat Winco in a lot of ways. What do we want to say? We want to thank everybody who is our yeah, guest. Yeah, thanks, wanna, everybody. We want to, I want to, I'll just do a thanks to uh, Brian Howard, to Kimmy McIntosh, to Oscar Amador to Steve Kessler for talking to me about James Beard. Frank Medina, thanks to, um, who else do we have? Sean Hergat, thanks to Joe Bastianich. Of course, thanks to the one and only Thomas Keller. Oh my gosh. Anybody we may have missed. I'm just, the hell, listen to, no wonder this is going to be a four hour podcast. But I mean, that's <laughs> thanks a lot to of our, good stuff. Thanks, thanks to our, our hosts, host, which is, we love Dom DeMarco's. I mean, we even ate a Hawaiian yeah. pizza. Yeah. You know, the place has got to be good. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, thank you to everybody. Is that it? You want to take us out of here? Let's do it. You know, on behalf of Al Mancini, Rich Johnson, I'm Samantha Gemini Stevens. This is Food and Loathing. Stay, Stay hungry. hungry.